Hi everyone, happy Wednesday. This is Mark Dent with Law Trades, and I'm here for this week's edition of 10 Minute Legal News. Uh, this week, we're gonna talk about three stories as always. Um, we're gonna talk about SCOTUS uh, having a big decision regarding a hacking case. Um, we're gonna talk about Facebook rethinking its policies with politicians, specifically uh, Donald Trump. And then finally, uh, we're going to discuss ransomware attacks, which have been on the rise this year and uh, just in the news all over the place and, and affecting companies both small and large. Um, but first, let's talk about this SCOTUS case, which is, is probably far more interesting than it sounds than when you just think about like hacking and the Supreme Court of the United States. But uh, anyway, what happened was, uh, you know, last year, uh, the Supreme Court... Um, uh, decided that it was going to hear a case involving a police officer in Georgia who had misused a work database um, and was charged with a crime for it. Uh, basically what happened was a an acquaintance had paid him $5,000 to run a license plate number on um, you know the police database that he has access to. That person turned out to be not real. It was a sting operation and the officer was charged uh, with a federal crime under the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act, which is, which has been around for decades and is basically the, the main U.S. law regarding hacking. Um, and he was convicted, actually. Uh, and, and that was upheld, uh, by a, uh, a federal court, uh, before, uh, it went to the Supreme Court here. And, um, you know, the, the interesting part about it and the part that the Supreme Court was trying to decide was, you know, whether this man had any business being charged in the first place under this law, uh, him and, and others who have been charged for, uh, for similar things. Uh, but, but basically when you think of hacking, you think of someone sort of breaking their way into a system or network that they are not supposed to be. Well, this police officer had all the right in the world, uh, to be in that network. He was given access as part of his job to this police database. He just happened to misuse it. But nevertheless, he was still entitled toward, to being able to use that database. So the Supreme Court um, decided 6-3 to overrule that lower court. And they said, this guy, it was fine. Um, he, he had access to that database. And, and therefore, this is not hacking. And why this is so interesting for the rest of us was because the law had been used fairly broadly by federal prosecutors. And ahead of the ruling, uh, Neil Gorsuch had even said, like, such a broad interpretation could, quote, uh, make a federal criminal of us all. And and that's because if, if we are using the different computers uh, that we have access to through work and, and use it for some activity that is unrelated to work and could be uh, considered, uh, you know, potentially dishonest, or not the exact use that that computer or, or network is for, then any of us could technically maybe be charged under it. And uh, Amy Coney Barrett, who wrote the 6-3 ruling, uh, saw it the same way. Um, she said that uh, if, if you really um, were thinking about this law broadly, that, uh, quote, everything from embellishing an online dating profile to using a pseudonym on Facebook uh, could be criminalized. So uh, the decision, again, that was 6-3, narrowed uh, this law, the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act, and also overturned um, the uh, the conviction of, of this police officer in Georgia. And a quick note before moving on is that this Supreme Court ruling was also very interesting 
because it was not your typical uh, split alongside partisan lines ruling. Um, you know, we hear that six three and, and tend to think, okay, that's partisan uh, as we would ex- as we normally expect. But uh, this was not like that. Uh, the the six um, who were on the same side this time were the three liberal justices and then the three Trump appointees. And so that's not something you're going to see very often. Let's move on to the second story, which is about Facebook. And as we've known uh, since January, uh, Facebook um, indefinitely suspended Donald Trump from its platform uh, after the, uh, the January 6th Capitol riots. And then more recently, a few weeks ago, the Supreme Court of Facebook, you know, basically it's a neutral uh, group of observers and arbiters, had decided that uh, that basically that Facebook had to make a decision soon um, to decide to either kick Trump off forever or put him back on the platform. Well, Facebook sort of came out with that decision a few days ago. Uh, Facebook decided that it was going to continue to suspend Trump until early 2023. So it essentially just uh, punted for another two years. It also, however, did make an an important decision um, uh, at the same time, though, uh, a few days ago here. Um, It decided that it was going to change its policy regarding politicians. Uh, And in the past, particularly before this, uh, you know, the Capitol riots in January, Facebook had been uh, fairly flexible when when politicians did things that uh, might have gotten normal users kicked off the platform, and including uh, you know spreading falsehoods and, and things of that nature. So uh, that no longer happening. Uh, any politician on there is going to be treated the same as you or me, or at least that's what Facebook is saying for now. We'll see it how it actually kind of uh, rolls out in practice. And as for Trump. Uh, since he's gone until 2023, um, he won't be on the platform for the midterm 2022 election, uh, which obviously takes away some of his influence. And, you know, of course, the other politicians who are going to be running in these races are going to have a lot less wiggle room than they did in the past. Um, to kind of sum this up, though, uh, Facebook did just kind of, you know, obviously throw the ball uh, again, and they're going to have to make another decision down the road. And, and it, this was still not a satisfying um, sort of choice for a lot of Facebook's critics, because you have plenty of people uh, who said Facebook should have never uh, kicked off Trump in the first place, and you have plenty of other people who said they should kick him off forever, and Facebook has not satisfied either of those groups, and we'll have to wait and see um, for at least, you know, another uh, 20 or so months before Facebook makes their really big decision. All right, the last story of this week is about ransomware attacks. Certainly, you've been reading about this in the news or hearing about this in the news. Um, but ransomware attacks are on the rise. They're up about 100% uh, the, first month, the first six months of this year compared to the first six months of last year. We obviously uh, had the Colonial Pipeline ransomware attack a few weeks ago, and uh, JBS, a, a major food processing company, was hacked uh, more recently. Um, and the uh, to go back to the Colonial Pipeline attack, Uh, The company, Colonial Pipeline, actually paid millions of dollars to a group of Russian hackers in in cryptocurrency uh, so that they would, you know, get rid of their virus and and restore their system to how it used to be. Um, And so you've seen not only a rise in um, ransomware attacks, but some high-profile companies paying off hackers, which is something that we haven't always been accustomed to. 
But um, so you might be wondering what's going on here. Like, why is this happening in 2021? Well, a lot of it has to do with work from home. Um, you know, obviously, employees who are not in the office are not always under the same uh, sort of protective measures set by their IT departments. And they might also just be a little bit more casual uh, with, you know, certain things that pop up on their computer because a lot of these ransomware attacks just begin with emails and, and somebody clicking a link that they shouldn't click. Uh, and then alternately, also with work from home, which is very fascinating and very odd, I think, uh, experts say that ransomware attacks are on the rise because people who are stuck at home uh, and, you know, like to do hacking are just getting bored and they're doing more of the hacking. And and finally, uh, perhaps one of the biggest reasons of why we're seeing hacking on the rise is because of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency is on the rise. In the past, it was almost impossible for hackers to actually receive ransoms when they, you know, did these kinds of attacks. Now you have cryptocurrency, which is very hard to trace. Uh, and so they feel like there's a way that they can actually get paid. And, you know, and as we see with Colonial Pipeline, they are getting paid. Um, and, you know, with, with a lot of things uh, that, that go wrong here in the U.S., Russia is involved. That's the case here. These are Russian groups of hackers um, that, that did the Colonial Pipeline and the JBS attacks. And U.S. officials say that it's very possible the Russian government may be involved, too. Um, so let's talk a little bit about what you can do to uh, protect your company or, or yourself um, from ransomware. Um, you know, obviously, you know, step one, um, if you get a weird email, delete it and, and don't do anything with it. Um, but the other sort of big steps are uh, updating software often, uh, which sounds simple, um, and, but it can be very, very effective. Uh, especially for companies that can't afford like, you know, a hardcore, you know, consultant or IT department of their own. Uh, and then another good suggestion is always uh, having a backup, uh, having a backup network or system uh, ready to go. Um, so that way, if you do get hacked, you can easily uh, just sort of bring it up and you won't have to go through as much trouble with sort of taking back asset by asset that has been hacked. Um, so that is it for this week's 10-Minute Legal News, and I am excited to talk to you all again next week. Thank you.